um, I've been doing uh, uh, teaching on the kingdom of heaven. We talked about the parables, the parable of the mina or the pounds. Also, we've talked about the, the parable of the talents and, uh, and how that, that the, the masters who gave their servants these portions were going to leave and secure a kingdom and come back. And in the story, you had some people who were diligent workers, and they worked diligently while their master was away. And when they came back, they had reward, great reward. And then you had in those stories uh, somebody who was basically an unprofitable servant or a worthless servant or a useless servant. And so we told you that, that you don't want to be useless. You know, Jesus has done great things, and then now you're just useless. I also gave you an example of, of myself, and I'm not the template, uh, but... Uh, an example of myself, I always worked harder when my bosses were not looking than I did when they were looking. I worked hard when they were looking, but when they were not looking, I worked even harder because I did not want them to come back and say, why isn't such and such done? And so I always worked harder and made sure that things were more exact when they were away. And what Jesus is telling us in those parables is that he has gone away to receive a kingdom. And the, the prophet Daniel tells us um, about that. He shows us how he goes before the ancient of days, God the Father. And God the Father gives him a decree. Now it's time for you to go, uh, go back. And then he'll come back uh, here. And he's going to ask each one of us what we did with what he gave us. You know, now think about it. He gave us. You say, well, he hasn't given me any money. Yeah, he's done that too. But what he's given you is the Holy Spirit. He's given you the Spirit of God. Now, if you, you have the Spirit of God, you ought to be able to do exploits. You know? I mean, you can't, you, you know, the Spirit of God is, is the Spirit that hovered over the waters in the beginning. Uh, and uh, the Bible said hovered over this, this chaos and brought chaos into order. And that's the same spirit. He is the same spirit that was doing that. God gave you that. And so you ought to be able to do something. You can't say, well, they wouldn't let me. There's no place in the word of God where when the spirit was moving, people were able to stop. I always say to, to, to believers that no one can keep you from what God has for you except you. No one. So you have to take these things. So this is what the kingdom of heaven is like. And another thing, I want to just kind of bring you up to the moment. Another thing about the kingdom of heaven, you have heard it said by, by some Christian in your life. Maybe it was on Facebook uh, or internet somewhere or maybe just in conversation. You've heard them say negative things about the church. Well, the church is not that in church people and Christian and all that. Well, be careful. Number one, number one, Everybody who goes to church isn't saved. Everyone who has connected with the church is not. Because the Bible tells us in the parable of the, the wheat and the tares or the, the wheat and the weeds that and the enemy, the devil, God, well, firstly, God plants his word 
And when he sows his word, then we re- those of us who receive the word of God now become what my dad would call seedlings. So we are the, we are the produce of the word. Amen. We are the produce of the word. So the word has made us now what we would call seedlings. And what God does is that when one of us accepts the word of God, he then plants us wherever he wants to. Sometimes I don't like what he does in that. Honestly, I don't. I'm not, look, don't try this at home, you know. <laughs> but I don't sometimes because I'm so connected to one of you and I'm connected, and then you move. It breaks my heart. I just had talked with a couple you know, who moved to San Antonio. What does San Antonio uh, have that we don't have? (laughs) But you know, I'm I'm saying it just breaks my heart, breaks your heart. But what God is doing, he is planting you where he wants you to grow. He's planting you, and he doesn't have to ask me anything, and he doesn't ask me. And so he plants you wherever. And, but then the, what the devil does is he finds out where God's wheat is or where God's crop is, and he plants weeds in it to try to mess it up. And so if you see something happening here, don't you go out and act like a weed and start complaining and telling everybody how rotten the church is because the kingdom of heaven is, is this time period where good things and bad things are sort of coexisting. And when the Lord comes back, he's going to deal with all the bad stuff. All right? So, so I'm trying to catch you up, those of you who haven't been here. So those are some of the things we've shared. I gave the example of the ficus trees. Now, I, I'm not going to call anybody out for making us get rid of our ficus trees. I'm going to call you out. <laughs> but one day, we had ficus trees everywhere. Y'all remember that? Ficus trees everywhere. And so we got rid of the fac- ficus trees. But before we got rid of the ficus trees, somebody, I think it was the person who got rid of the ficus trees for us, said, those trees need to be shaken. I'm thinking, why? Those are beautiful trees. And I remember, those of you who remember, we went into this foyer here, and one of, somebody got the trunk of the tree and shook it. And all the ugly stuff fell off. And the trees were gorgeous. They looked good with it, but when they, the, they were shaken, it all fell. But I'm telling you that because when Jesus comes back, he says he's going to send his angels, and they're going to remove all the weeds. And you're talking about looking good. He says, then you and I will shine like the sun in the kingdom of our, of our Lord, our Father. So that's what that looks like. So today, I want us to do two things. I want us to look at the fact that Jesus is going to deal with what's wrong. I also want us to to look at the fact that Jesus is coming back. And you want to be ready when he comes back. He is going to come back. So don't be so, let me use the word, dilatory. (laughs) My mom used that word once. You know, lazy and slow and whatever, you know, you know, unconcerned. Don't be like that. Be, be a person who is doing what Jesus wants you to do. Now, my, my subject today is my kingdom is not from here. 
My kingdom is not from here. So now, uh, in dealing with that, we're going to deal with a word called antithesis. Antithesis. It's a word I like to use. It's a person or thing that is uh, the direct object, opposite of someone or something. You know, like good and bad. You know, uh, the polar opposites. You know, up and down. It's just the polar opposite, totally. Uh, something that could not be uh, further opposite than something. It's not like it's 90% opposite or 95% opposite. It's 100% opposite. And so we're going to talk about antithesis because the kingdom to which we belong is the antithesis of the world's kingdom. And so uh, Christians need to know that. What culture can do, there are good things in culture, but every good thing in culture has, has been received from the Word of God. If it is not from the Word of God, I say it's not good. I'm, I'm, I'm very radical about that. It's not good. So there are some good things in culture that we have picked up from God, from the Word of God. But uh, the bad things that, we, that Christians receive from culture, we just kind of go along with it. And sometimes, and, you know, we travel... Uh, prolifically, and what we do, we find no matter where you go in the world, there are bad things that the culture has imposed upon the believers or believers have kept them as a part of their normal life, and they've never gotten rid of those things. So, So what we must do in this interim is deal with that. So in the between times, we must deal with it. From the time Jesus came, uh, and rather left, and uh, from the time he comes again, there's, there are things we must deal with. And so this is what this message is about today. So if you see yourself walking in lockstep with the world, agreeing with the world, you are probably out of order. Christianity is in the world, but it is not of the world. It, it, its genesis is not of the world. He, Jesus came from heaven. Jesus is God. He is God. So it is totally different than the world. And also for those of us who are in Christ, God the Father has given us a new beginning, a new genesis. So our genesis now, we can safely say, is not of the world. Our genesis is from heaven because the scripture says our citizenship is always from heaven. Now listen, it's always where you're born. So I'm an American because I was born in America, right? And so that's the first step or order of citizenship, where you were born. I do know you can be naturalized. That's for another day. But for today, I was born here. I'm a citizen here. Now you can never uncitizen me. You can put me in jail, you can throw, kick me out of the country somehow, but I'm still a citizen no matter where I am. Our citizenship is in heaven. Our citizenship is in heaven. Why? Because we have been born from above. We have been born from heaven. Your new birth is not an earthly birth. It is a heavenly birth. So when Jesus says, my kingdom is not from here, this is what he is saying. He's not just speaking of location. Yes, location, but not just location. 
He is talking about a, a great number of things. He is talking about our conduct, etc. He is talking about more than just location. Even our thoughts are different. Wow. Okay, so let me, let me get into more of this, the message. In John chapter 18, let's look at verse 28. We'll read several verses here. And this is going to lead you sort of to, to the, the core of the message. It says, Then they led Jesus from Caiaphas, who was the high priest, to the praetorium, and it was early morning. The praetorium is, was uh, Pilate's palace. It was where he made his judgments, his ruling. Uh, it was, it was a, a palatial thing. It, it, would, it was always the Roman general's tent. It's where the business of Rome was, taken, uh, was uh, uh, taking place. And so, but it says they themselves did not go into the praetorium. Now, they led Jesus from Caiaphas to the praetorium, but they wouldn't go in, lest they should be defiled, but that, but that they might eat the Passover. Now, this shows you hypocrisy. This is like a, a unbelievable hypocrisy. Here you are plotting the murder of the Son of God that, and the God that you're worshiping. Now you're plotting his murder, but you are saying, I can't go in because I can't eat the Passover. I can't keep my religious pretense. That's what they're doing here. These are the leaders. These are people who, as it were, were keepers of the oracles of God, the sayings of God. They were the keepers. They were the leaders. They, these, they were also uh, the people who had the law or were in charge of uh, the law, God's law. They were covenanted people. They were people who had adoption, etc. All the, and the covenants, the promises. They were plotting murder. They were so backslidden. Listen, let's read some more. Pilate then went out to them, they wouldn't go into him, and said, what accusation do you bring against this man? They answered and said to him, if he were not an evildoer, we would not have delivered him up to you. Now that was lying. They were lying. They were the evildoers. He was the just one. But they were the leaders. Now, I really believe that what God wants us to understand is that just because somebody's a leader doesn't mean you follow. I believe that's what the Lord is saying. I told you I would be more, more emphatic as the days go because the church really... Uh, has been co-opted everywhere. It's been co-opted. That is, men have taken hold of it for what they can get from it. And many of us, uh, at some point in our lives, just, w just went along with everything because, well, they're leaders. They must be right. Not necessarily. L let's look at it. And I'm not teaching rebellion either. I don't wa want you just every time you get a thought or opinion, you want to buck your leader. That's not what we're saying. We're saying you walk by the Spirit of God, you walk by the Word of God. That's what you must do. And you have the Holy Spirit of God, right? So now notice, these things are in the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of heaven here in the between times is not a perfect place. All right? Oh, so, okay, so uh, verse 33, one, 31 says, Then Pilate said to them, You take him and judge him according to your law. Therefore the Jews said to him, It is not lawful. For us to put anyone to death. So they, they, they had already decided he needs to die, right? So we can't kill him. We want you to justify our killing. These were leaders. But these were people who were supposed to be the leaders. If we could call the Jewish nation the church, it would have been the church, but it was the kingdom. It just shows you how bad 
the enemy is. But it helps you to explain what's going on all around you. When you scratch your head and go, wow, what's going on? What's wrong with people? Well, this shows you. The, an enemy has planted tares, weeds among us. Let's read. Um, it says, it's not lawful for us to put anyone to death that the saying of Jesus might be fulfilled, which he spoke signifying by what death he would die. So what they're saying is that it was prophesied that Jesus would die on a cross. So uh, they said, we, we can't put anybody to death. It's not lawful for us to do it, but we want you to do it for us, Pilate, which, which means that Jesus would experience uh, crucifixion. Verse 33 says, Then Pilate entered the praetorium again, called Jesus, and said to him, Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus answered him, Are you speaking for yourself about this, or did others tell you this concerning me? Pilate answered, Am I a Jew? Your own nation and the chief priests have delivered you to me. What have you done? Now, now uh, Jesus answered, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would fight so that I should not be delivered to the Jews. But now my kingdom is not from here. Let, 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 I think this is so amazing, and I love this, what Jesus is saying. My kingdom is not of this world. Now, implicit, that is, in, in this, uh, this unspoken stuff is so powerful. Jesus is telling us that my kingdom is not from here uh, in location. My kingdom is not from here in conduct. There, there's, there's nothing about the world system that is of my kingdom. Now, it is important that those of us who are saved know that. I do know we have responsibilities, but first, we have a responsibility to God and what God wants. Amen? Amen. Let me read to you in Spanish if I'm, if I'm able. It says, Mi reino no es de este mundo, contestó Jesús. Si lo fuera, mis propios guardias pelearían para impedir que los judíos me arrestaran. Pero mi reino no es de este mundo. Así que eres rey. Así que eres rey, le dijo Pilato. Eres tú quien dice que soy rey. Yo para esto nací y para esto vine al mundo para dar testimonio de la verdad. Todo el que está de parte de la verdad Escucha mi voz. I love this so much. Now, I think there are nuances in Spanish that I don't quite get in my English. And uh, those of you who are here, let me sort of not interpret it, but sort of do a little translation as I like. He says, my kingdom is not of this world. Pretty good, uh, answered Jesus. If it were, Jesus says, my own guards, those who guard the king, those who... Uh, personal guards, my own personal guards would have, would have impeded so that the Jews would not have arrested me. He says, now, wait a minute. So if my kingdom were from here, you would have had a fight already. Are you with me? So what he's saying to the church, I believe to us, is that we're not to join in other folks' fights. For the world's fights... We're not to be that. No, that's not our fight. He says, if, if they wouldn't have let me be arrested, they would have fought. Would have fought. So he says, you're a king. So then you're a king. And so Jesus says, uh, you are saying that I am king. I love that. Jesus is saying, you're saying that I am king. 
So he says, then you're a king. You're a king. So then you're a king. He said, you said it. You're the one saying it. It's what Jesus said. He says, and for this I was born. That's very emphatic. And for this I, I came to the world for this purpose. I'm adding for this purpose. Para dar testimonio de la verdad. What he means is, in order that I would witness of the truth or for witnessing of the truth. I came for witnessing of the truth. I love that, don't you? And he says then, everyone who is on the part, who is on the part of truth or on the side of truth hears my voice. It's very clear. Everyone who is on the side of truth, you don't have to say, I wonder what it is. I don't know. He says, no, you hear. So those of us who are on the part of truth hear the voice. And Paul tells us that you and I are the pillar and ground of the truth. Jesus says, my kingdom is not of this world. What does Jesus mean? He means that my kingdom is a kingdom of truth. Wow. My kingdom is a kingdom of truth. My kingdom is not of this world. And it implies, as I said, more than physical location. It implies the polar opposite. It implies antithesis. That is, you cannot have anything more extreme than the two. They are opposed to each other. Remember, the scripture teaches us that those who are led by the Spirit of God, they're the sons of God, and that if you are led by the Spirit of God, you cannot fulfill the lust of the flesh. So if I am led, the spirit is going in this direction, everything worldly and fleshly is in that direction. So what he's saying is that God has a people who are different than all the peoples of the earth. You are that people. Hmm? So when, Pilate, when, Pilate, when Jesus says to Pilate, my kingdom is not of this world. If it were, you would have a fight already. Now, that means that as believers, we fight, but we do not fight as the world fights. The Bible says to us that the weapons of our warfare is not carnal, it's not natural, it's not worldly, it's not earthly. The weapons of our warfare are mighty, though. They are mightier than carnal weapons, right? But because what do we do? We, we, uh, we pull down strongholds. We cast down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself to the knowledge of God. So we are very powerful in God. So the wheat always is doing this in God. The weeds are doing other things. Wow. Wow. So you say, well, am I, what are you saying, Pastor? Am I, am I wheat or am I weed? You tell me. You know how the kids say, I'm just saying. <laughs> Those who are in his kingdom, who are born again, their direction is opposed to the world's direction. Their conduct is opposed to the world's conduct. Every one of us has temptations to be like the world. You know it. If you sit up here and tell me I've never had that temptation, I'm not going to believe anything else you say. Because we've all had that temptation. Has anybody made you so upset? Don't waste your hand. They've made you so upset that you wanted to punch them? I know some preachers who wanted to do that. 
it's true. I've known some preachers who want to say, Lord Jesus, hold me. Hold me, Jesus. Hold me. Don't let me do it, Jesus. Don't let me do it, Jesus. I know that the wrath of man does not work the righteousness of God. Help me, Jesus. I, know, I, can, I can show you some preachers who've done that. So what Jesus is saying to Pilate, that Rome does not need to fear him. They don't need to fear him fighting in that manner, in that manner. Uh, and so because his kingdom does not come by rebelling, but by submission to God. That, that believers, we have to do that. I know you are tempted and tried. I know that you are tested. I know you want to put your hands in it. I know you want to also Facebook them too. I know. You know, yes, I know you do. But, but his kingdom is not like that. It is not of this world. It's from another place. It's from heaven. It's from heaven. Now, let me, let me move on. I want to move on to another point. I've got a lot more to say on this, but I won't. The kingdom of heaven and children is this part from Matthew chapter 18. The uh, kingdom of heaven and children. So here we said at that time, verse 1, the disciples came to Jesus saying, Who then is greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Then Jesus called a little child to him. Isn't that, 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 didn't that just get you? And they're asking him a question because they're here jockeying for position. You know what I mean by that? They're trying to get ahead of somebody else and push somebody else and try to, to vaunt themselves. Who's greatest? They want to be great. I want to be great too. There's nothing wrong with wanting to be great, but let Jesus make us great. Don't hurt somebody to be great. That's unacceptable behavior in the kingdom. Doing, doing things by hook or crook. Yeah. The end doesn't just, justify the means. Now listen here, Bishan. So he called the, a child to him and set him in the midst of them and said, Assuredly, I say to you, unless you are converted and become as little children, you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. So Jesus is saying, a change must take place. Or you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. You have to be converted and become like this child. Not, you must go to church. We just sing a beautiful song, no matter what I've done, you know, no matter where I've been. That's true. You know, it's the grace of God, you know, I, you know thanking God for the grace, you know, the, the, the lyrics of the song, the beautiful lyrics. I love that too because I need the grace of God. Every day I need the grace of God. But I trust I don't need the grace of God for the same issue I had 30 years ago. I keep just fouling up that same old thing. It's like walking out of your house and you trip over a brick on the sidewalk. And you do it every day for 30 years. And then you thank God for that grace. No, that's not what, that's not what we're saying. We're just thankful because there are new things I must experience every day. Now listen, he says, whoever humbles himself as this little child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Whoever receives one little child like this in my name receives me. 
So, but Jesus is telling them that greatness in the kingdom of God uh, is not based on great works or, or words, but childlike humility. The disciples were asking the wrong questions. They should have been concerned about serving the Lord, not asking about positions in the kingdom. Have you noticed how believers are so often, we, we believers are, if you, if for example, somebody comes to you and says, uh, 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 I, we need some help in this area of the church. Uh, could, would you help us? Well, you say, well, let me pray about it. Let me pray about it. And uh, they're saying, well, um, you never hear from you again because you're still praying. <laughs> That's what happened. But I guarantee you, if somebody would say, we need somebody to fly on Air Force One, we're going to Paris, France, you don't have to pray about it because we are wrongly dis disposed. Our minds, we, we are, even though we're saved, we, we still have some, some stinking thinking. And God wants us to be rid of that. That is not kingdom thinking. Are you still with me? Don't worry about them. They're gonna, we're going to serve communion shortly. Okay. Now, Jesus says that he so prizes childlike humility that he says, if anyone offends one or causes one of them to sin, if you mess with them, so to speak, he says, it is better for you that a millstone, huge millstone, was tied about your neck and you were thrown into the depths of the sea. He says, it would be better. Now, you, I can hardly, in my little mind, think of anything worse. But he says, oh, there's a lot worse. What is God saying? He is saying that he prizes children. He prizes that. See, the, the, this kingdom is a kingdom where you serve. Jesus, God's own son, God of very God, came to this earth not to be served, but to serve. All true godly leaders are servants. Servants. Now, the kingdom of heaven uses a different metric or a different measurement than the world. The, king, the metric used for the kingdom is not the same metric that the world uses. See, if I want to be great in the world, I can do certain things. I, I, could, I could have a lot of money. I could decide to be born into a family that's rich. <laughs> I, I could have a, a great education. Maybe I could discover something. I'm a scientist. Or maybe I've become mayor of the city or governor. I'm now great. I'm a senator or I'm a, a congressperson or I'm a professor. Or maybe I just say, well, I can, I'm going to make myself a preacher. You know, We do whatever to make ourselves great. That's the world's metric. But Jesus does not measure greatness as the world measures. And it's time that believers hear this naked truth. He doesn't do it. This is how God measures greatness. He doesn't me measure greatness by your strength to tell people off. You're, you're saying, I'm direct. You just mean that you tell people off, but you probably can't take it yourself. I have, ver I have rarely seen a person who says, I'm direct. I've rarely seen them able to take a straight word. That's the truth. You just follow them. They always have an explanation why you're wrong. I'm talking about the difference between 
God and us, man. Come on. We, we have a different metric. We love our leaders to be strong and almost violent. Man, I, I can follow that guy. Why? Because he'd knock all the enemies off. He tells them off. He does rude things to them, and you call it, well, they needed it. We, you know, I'm just talking about some things that we experience. But this is, these are some, some of the metrics that Jesus uses. Humility. Humility. We walk right over humble people trying to get to the giants, the strong folks. Meekness. He values meekness. Come unto me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take, your, take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I'm meek and I'm lowly of heart. God, you are what? Meek. And what else? Lowly of heart. He's gentle and kind. A servant of the Lord, he says, must not quarrel, but, me, but be gentle to all. Not just those who can help. So, so the conduct of the kingdom is totally averse to what the conduct of the world is. Amen. Have you noticed, as Brother Elliot says, he says all of our heroes in the movies, all they do is kill people. Have you noticed that? All they do is just kill people. I mean, I don't, I don't think I had taken it to heart, but they, I used to like those movies, you know, you, old John Wick, he comes in, pays your toe, and nobody can whip him. Uh, and by, by the time, and that gun shoots so many times, you know, and he gets them all, he gets them all, he throws it down, he slides on the floor, he gets another one, and he kills another 20 or 30, and he gets on, he, 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 he hand combats with them and knocks them over and breaks their necks, and, and then he, he's not even finished. That's the first room. <laughs> and you know, and I know we men, I know men, we just enjoy that, wow, wow. And then we, then we go to church Sunday. Thank you. It's true. It's true. You know it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was in, I, I, you know, before I got you know, delivered, <laughs> I remember going to a movie, and I watched a movie called Open Range. And man, when it came to the gunfight, I had never seen a gunfight in a movie like that. I'm sitting on there looking, wow, wow. I'm looking, and I, and I told a brother, one of the elders, um, he's not here, not, not one of these men. But I told one of the elders, I said, man, you got to go see that, got to go see that. And he went to see it moving, and I, I saw his wife. I said, how did he like it? She said, oh, he was just reaching, like he was reaching for his own gun. <laughs> but... but that's not God's kingdom. We like that. We like a leader that can go in there and just handle all of our problems. But that's not God's leadership. He says there is kindness, goodness, servanthood, loving at all times. That's, that's what God wants. Now, let me go to my last point. It's not the last one I've got down. It's the last one I'm going to give you. Jesus counsels the rich young ruler. And uh, forgive me for not having the zip code. Matthew 19, verse 16. All right, you got it. 
Thank you so much for that. Now behold, one came and said to him, speaking to Jesus, Good teacher, what good thing shall I do that I may have eternal life? So he said to him, Why do you call me good? Jesus doesn't let you butter him up. You can't just cozy up to Jesus, right? Come on, brothers and sisters. This thing is real. He's going to come back and ask you, How did you conduct your life? Wow. I want you to live, every one of you, in a perpetual state of readiness. And that Jesus could come back before you have lunch. It's possible. So I don't believe it. Well, he said there would be people who didn't believe it. So he said, why do you call me good? No one is good but one, that is God. But if you want to enter life, enter into life, keep the commandments. He said to, to him, to Jesus, which ones? Jesus said, you shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness, honor your father and your mother, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. So he says, love your neighbor as yourself. Listen, some of our, some of our deportment is so bad, we're showing that we don't love our neighbor. Let me just digress for a moment. I was in a place last night, my wife and I, and we went to a place, and I dare say when I went into that place, I didn't see anybody who looked like me. But there was a love that started to pour in my, out my heart, and I was being ministered to by the Holy Spirit. And he said to me, I love them. And I would say to you also, I was in a place to where my thoughts and ideas are probably 180 degrees from me. But you know what? There was nothing but love. I love. See, I, I, you are my neighbor. I love you so much, I will not wrong you. That's what he's saying. That, that, that loving you, fulfilling this commandment, is so important to me. It doesn't matter what you believe and what he believes concerning the things of this world. I love you. That's what he's saying. Those who are true people of his kingdom, that's their deportment. That's their conduct. And then... The young man said to Jesus, all these things I've kept from my youth, what do I still lack? And so, but there was something he was holding on to which showed that he had not really fully kept these. He had kept these only as he thought he had. But listen to what Jesus said to him. If you want to be perfect, do you want to be perfect, mature, complete? I got one person. I got one. I can preach over there. If you want to be perfect, rich young ruler, if you really want to do what God wants, go sell what you have and give to the poor. Now, this is what Jesus is saying. He's not saying everybody who has means, you just go sell it all. This was a special context where, where he says, this guy, this young man was holding on to, to this, this great wealth, and he wanted Jesus and the wealth, and he wanted both of them. And he said, you can't have us both. You're, to, you're, you're loving this. You can't love me. He said, go sell all you have. And give to the poor. You'll have treasure in heaven. And come, follow me. Wow. He says, you sell it. You'll have treasure in heaven. Now listen, what, what I, see, I see in this, this text. Jesus is saying, investing for a greater return is investing in the poor. That's what he's saying. Now, you can challenge me if you'd like. But the weapons of my, my warfare are not carnal. You know that. He's telling you what 
and where to invest. He says, if you'll, in, if you'll do this selfless act, give to the poor, then you will have treasure in heaven. Now, if I, I, I have nothing against investing in the stock market. I like that stuff. My wife doesn't like that stuff. My wife says, they don't lose money. She said, because somebody found it. They know where it is. I said, no, I believe in it. I like it. That's not what I'm saying, so don't get me wrong. This is what I am saying, that all of your profits, he says, you've got more than enough. You've got 100 shirts. You've got 20 suits. Give some of them away. He says, invest them. Give them to the poor. And then you'll have treasure in heaven. You, you'll have a greater return in heaven. I remember young boys, I, I had so many beautiful ties that many of you had given me and, uh, years ago, and I, I had these beautiful ties. I'm not saying you haven't done, don't, don't give me ties. But, but I said, I, I took them, where's some little boys? Where those little boys are here? So I brought all of my ties. I started to pick out the worst ones, and I was convicted. You've got to tell it like it is. Yeah. And so I was convicted, and I just got them all. My wife is witness. I brought them over. I'm thinking, these kids don't know no, no taste, so they're going to pick out the shiny stuff, whatever I don't want. They didn't. They, went, they got all my best ties. <laughs> they got my best ones. My wife says those are the ones I was preaching in. That's the ones I like. But they got my best ties. And I thought, oh, God, they got my best ones. Oh, that's okay. I'm all right. I was investing. You're investing when you give. And you'll have treasure in heaven. That's the kingdom that we belong to. It's different than the world. The, wor the world is getting all they can and canning all they get. But that's not you. That's not you. That's not you. Invest. And you'll then you'll have treasure there in heaven. And Jesus says, now you can follow him unencumbered unencumbered, not worrying about thieves breaking in and somebody bilking you out of your fortune. You'll have treasure in heaven. Amen? Thank you for your time.